0: Hello and welcome to a very special uh, section, I suppose, of the Null Signal Station podcast. Uh, Not following the normal structure for this one, obviously with the release of the Automata Initiative, a few uh, rules questions sprung out Um, and we thought this was a great opportunity to catch up with my very special guest, Cephalopod Wizard, he, him.
1: That's right. The rules team has managed a hostile takeover of the podcast. There's no more news. There's no more interviews. It's all rules from here on out.
0: <laughs> For this one-off special episode, uh, in case you didn't recognize my accent, it is me, Ed, he, him uh, joining Seth, uh, Seth, Seth, Pod wizard. And uh, we'll be looking forward to hearing from you more in future episodes as well, uh, which we've recorded. Um, but, We just wanted to take the opportunity, alongside the article that got released today is the 1st of August, um, which went over some of the more unusual rules interactions and explained a few of the new rules. Uh, I just wanted to take the chance to catch up with you, Seth, and uh, just talk through them. Um, So I suppose if I just read out these questions, then you can sort go into a bit more detail, I guess. So starting from the top. Do expendable cards need to be active, i.e. installed and resed, or in the score in the corpse score area, for their trash from HQ ability to be active?
1: No. And in fact, that ability you can only use while it's in HQ. And the reason you can use it from HQ is that there's a rule in the comprehensive rules that says, if a rule would only make sense in a particular zone, it works from there. So if we look at slash and burn, it reads, click and a credit, and you reveal and trash its agenda from HQ to place some advancement counters. So we can't reveal this from HQ if it's sitting on the table or in your score area. So it can only work from HQ, and it necessarily can work from HQ, according to that rule.
0: Yes. And it says in the article, uh, same rules apply to Steel Skin Scarring and Strike Fund as well, uh, where it's the zone where it's active, right?
1: Right. Also, when you... When you use this ability, it goes into archives face-up.
0: Yes. Fantastic. Next one. Does Wage Workers need to be rezzed during the performance of all three matching actions to grant a click, or just the third one?
1: Wage Workers reads, whenever you finish taking an action, if you've taken that action exactly three times this turn, gain a click. So it's looking at the third action. It only needs to be rezzed to witness that third action. And then it looks backwards in the imaginary game log to see, is that something you've done three times before?
0: Yeah, which is different to uh, um, the card that is quite similar to uh, Chiefs Model Bioroids, which has rotated now, uh, where you had to have Jeeves see all of the actions,
1: from correct. Another important difference is that with Wage Workers, it is kind of the number of times that you've taken that action. So if you play a triple, like Mutually Assured Destruction, that still only counts as one. You don't get a click. You're going to have to find a way to play two more operations if you want wage workers to give you a click. Mm-hmm.
0: Fantastic. Next, threat. If the threat level changes while resolving an ability that refers to threat, what happens? An example given here is the runner plays Estorado and runs while the corp has four or more points. They barpice the first piece of ice and then the corp rezzes archer, forfeiting agenda and going down to three or fewer points. What happens there?
1: There we get to the line that says, so first we approach the archer, the corp rezzes it and they pay the cost of forfeiting an agenda. And then that causes them to fall below three points. Then we get to Estrobado and we look at that threat four ability, but we don't have threat four anymore. Therefore, that whole line it does not happen. And you just need to encounter the archer regularly
0: makes perfect sense. Fantastic. Uh, next one, very, very simple one. Uh, does your digital life include itself when being played?
1: No, it does not. Because when you play events or operations, you put them into the play area while you're resolving their text and then you resolve their text. And my digital life says, gain one credit for each card in HQ. Well, right now, my digital life is sitting in the play area, working through its text, So it doesn't count itself. And then it goes into your discard pile.
0: So I suppose next, let's uh,
1: talk about swapping. Um, Maybe if you could introduce what swapping is. Swapping is something that hasn't been very important to Netrunner. There's been a couple of cards that get printed, but there's been a couple of rulings about it. And there's been some rulings that say contradictory things so it's largely been in this zone where it's not important exactly what happens or what doesn't happen. But now that we expect Tautubola to be played, and now that Atea might want to interact with swapping, now we're, now we are setting in stone how swapping works. Uh, if you okay, swap joke. two cards that are both installed, they just change places, nothing happens. If you swap a card that is installed for a card that is currently in HQ, not installed, then that means that the new card from HQ entering the play area meets the trigger condition for when you install a card. Mm. So this count says you are installing a card, but a swap does not do some of the other things you can do when you install a card. So you can't trash like cards from the server when you do a swap. And you don't have to pay install costs when you're doing a swap.
0: So, you, um, you mentioned a question that you'd been asked Tatubola, you can't trash like cards on the swap. Can you do that with the Atea install?
1: Yes. So, first, let's establish what we're combining here. Tatubola reads When the runner passes this ice, you may swap it with a piece of ice from HQ. If you do, gain four credits. And then Atea reads, the first time each turn you install a card in the root of or protecting a remote server, you may install one card from each you in the root of or protecting another remote server, ignoring all costs. Now, Tatubola's ability is a swap and that forbids you from trashing like cards when you do that. But when you get an Atea trigger from that swap, because swaps meet install triggers, and you get to install something in or protecting the other remote server, this is a regular install, albeit one where you get to ignore all costs. Therefore, you could trash like cards from the server if you wanted to.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. An install is an install, right?
1: An install is an install. Yes. Um,
0: On the subject of Atea, was there anything else first, sorry? Was there anything else you wanted to say about swapping?
1: I think that covers it.
0: Fantastic. But let's continue with Atea. Uh, How does mitosis work with Atea? All
1: right. Atea has another important piece of text on it that says limit to remote servers. So if we didn't have that restriction, we could use mitosis to create two servers. And at some point, Atea might create a third one, but we are restricted from doing that, because that would be a third server. So the way batch install works, where this mitosis instruction tells you to create two remote servers, the rules always turn those into two separate instructions, where you install one server, and then you install the second server. So if we go through the steps, step one will be, we take the first install instruction from Mitosis, we install a new server, we put two advancement counters on it, and then a checkpoint occurs. And this is where Atea may trigger to install a new remote server. If you do choose to use Atea and make a second remote server, then we will get to Mitosis's second install and we, we, we will be blocked from creating a third remote server. Or you could decline to use Atea on the first Mitosis install, and then you'll be allowed to create a second remote server with Mitosis. However, if you already have one existing server, then Mitosis will only be able to create one new remote server, and then Atea could be used to put more stuff into the original existing server. And whether or not you do that, Mitosis will not be able to create an additional server, because that would be three. If you already have two servers, you just can't play Mitosis, because it can't create remote servers due to the limitation.
0: And while we're on this, I suppose something that's worth uh, tying into this as well, Um, Earth Station works very similarly, right, but just with the one server.
1: Yes, Earth Station does not make a very strong combination with mitosis. No. <laughs> no,
0: indeed. Um, next question. I'm playing Arisana and I approach in a piece of unresed ice. If the corp chooses not to res it, can I then use Arisana to install a Kaiban and gain two credits?
1: Now, the answer that applies for everyone in Standard is no because this is a paid ability window. And the rules say that the paid ability window gives priority to the active player, which is going to be the runner. They get to use as many abilities as they want and then until they pass, then the inactive player gets to use as many abilities as they want until they pass. And then this keeps going back and forth until both players pass in a row, which makes the paid ability window close. But for this example where we would like to gain credits from Cubon, but only if we know the corp is not going to res it. That does not work in the runner's favor because first, Arisana will pass on the payability window wanting to see what the corp does, and then the corporation will pass because they don't want to res the ice. But now we have two passes in a row. The window closes and we proceed on with the game state. The ice isn't res, so you don't encounter it. So there's no encounter payability window. And the next time that you could do anything is after you have passed the ice. So if you want to get a Q-Bond payout, you have to take a risk and use that ability before the corporation has the chance to res the ice or pass.
0: Yes. I remember that's not the first time I've heard that interaction before. I can't think of a specific example, but that's certainly something that's been relevant Historically in Netrunner as well.
1: Yeah. The historical example was with the turning wheel, where you could use a yes. paid ability window to you could use a paid ability to power up some multi-axis on HQ or R and D. But sometimes the corporation would have a paid ability to end the run, such as a Nisei Mark II counter or a border control. So you could use one you could use one additional multi-access and then pass to see if the corp wanted to use their border control and if they don't then you just proceed to the access yes so that was another game of priority chicken yeah i remember that one well yes uh
0: next question um how does no one home interact with oppo research when it's threat level uh sorry when it's threat three text is active
1: So first, let's read through the cards. Oppo Research says, play only if the runner stole or trashed a corp card during their last turn. That doesn't matter too much. After you resolve this operation, your action phase ends. And then the text that we are worried about first is, give the runner two tags. Mm -hmm. And then in a new sentence, we have threat three. You may pay five credits to give the runner two tags. This will bring you to a total of four. Mm -hmm. No one home reads... The first time you would take any number of tags or suffer any amount of net damage each turn, you may trash no one home to force the corp to trace zero. If unsuccessful, the the runner avoids any number of tags or prevents any amount of net damage. Mm. So in effect, no one home can put up a little roadblock to the first tags or net damage you would take each turn. Oppo research. If you're choosing to, if you're choosing to pay five additional credits for, four total tags, Make, doesn't. it doesn't work very well for the corporation in this situation because first you pay two to play the operation and give the runner two tags. Now, no one home triggers between those two lines of text. And you could trash no one home to put up a little roadblock to getting two tags. And then regardless yes. of how that pays out, then the corp can pay five credits to give you two more tags. So at best, no one home will prevent two of the four tags from Oppo research.
0: Yeah, there's like two two checkpoints there, right? Yes. And check checkpoint one resolves before the second threat three text. That's right. Okay. Uh, next one, does the corp have to tell the runner which card they install with Epiphany Analytica's ability?
1: Epiphany Analytica reads, the the install part reads, click, comma, hosted power counter. Look at the top three cards of R&D. You may install one of those cards. And in this situation, yes, the corp does have to tell the runner which of those cards they installed, but you don't have to give them any more information beyond this was the top card of R&D or this was the third card of R&D. Okay. And if the runner somehow knew what those cards were already, then they would be able to figure out what had been installed, say if they accessed the top card or if they revealed it through Stargate. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Uh, Umbrella. Who draws first with Umbrella?
1: Umbrella reads, Interface, two credits, break up to three Cogate subroutines. If at least one subroutine was broken this way, Each player may draw one card, and the way that this works is that the active player decides whether they want to draw or not, then the inactive player decides whether they want to draw or not, so the runner is going to make this decision first, and then simultaneously the players that decided to draw do so simultaneously, so you don't get to know, rather the runner has to decide if they want to draw a card without knowing if the corp drew a card.
0: Okay. But the draw actions happen at the same time. Yes, they do. So I would say, I'm going to draw, and then you would say, I am also going to draw, and then we'd say, (laughs) one, two,
1: three, draw. Yes, it's very important you do it at the same timing.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Uh, Next, which ice
0: does Living Mural need to match the strength of to use its interface ability?
1: Living Mural's interface ability reads, break one subroutine on a sentry protecting this server. Interface is a keyword that specifically requires you to match the strength of ice you are encountering. So even though Living Mural is hosted on maybe the first ice in the entire server, the the requirement for what strength you have to match is going to depend on which ice you're encountering within that server. The reason that Living Mural is posted or why the host matters is just because this server is dependent on what it's hosted on. But other than that, you can forget that it's hosted on a particular ice and just think, how does this pertain to the current ice I'm dealing with? Sure.
0: So you could quite happily host it on a Eli 1.0 and then use it to break uh, Ansel 1.0. Yes, you could. If they're on the same server.
1: Yeah, so if they've got, say, a toll booth, which is a monster eight-credit code gate, you could put Living Mural on that just because if they want to trash ice to get rid of your Living Mural, they'll at least have to remove their most expensive ice to do so. Yes.
0: And I think this is quite an obvious point, but maybe worth clarifying. If the Eli 1.0 wasn't rezzed and Living Mural was hosted on it, that wouldn't matter, would it? Does not matter. No. Fantastic. If I have one credit, strike fund in hand, and patchwork in play, can I discard strike fund to gain two two credits and play a sure gamble with the reduction from patchwork?
1: Patchwork reads Interrupt whenever you would play or install a card. You may trash one card from your grip. If you do, Instead, play or install a card paying two credits less. Use this only once per turn. Historically, there has been a ruling that said if you have only three credits, but you'd like to play Sure Gamble, which costs five credits, then you can use Patchwork to reduce the cost of Sure Gamble and play it with only three credits. So when we look at Strike Fund, it says when this event is trashed from your grip or stack, you may gain two credits. And we've ruled that it's going to work The same way that patchwork has worked in the past, you can declare that you're going to pay sure gamble even though you only have one credit. You you pay for patchwork to reduce the cost by two and you trash strike fund. And then we're still using, we're still resolving abilities in reaction to paying this cost. You gain the two credits from strike fund. Now you have three credits. Now you can keep on playing sure gamble. It's a bit of a rules crime, but Strike Fund doesn't really change the crime very much. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Strike
0: Fund's not suffering for the crimes of patchwork.
1: No. Uh, no. It's an accomplice.
0: <laughs> um, last question. Urban art vernissage. If you have multiple urban arts... Does bouncing a Trojan give credits to both?
1: No, it does not. So when we look at urban art Vernissage, we, the text says, when your turn begins, you may add one installed non-virus Trojan to your grip or one non-virus Trojan program to your grip. If you do place two credits on this resource and then you can spend them later on the wording, if you do indicates that this is a cost. So when we say it can add something to your grip, if you do put two credits on it, we've only paid the cost for one of the urban art vernisages and the other one, you didn't pay the cost for So you don't get to add credits. It's kind of like with breach replacement effects. You can only do one thing with your breach. And so adding the, adding the program to your hand only pays the cost for one of your urban arts
0: all makes sense um were there any other questions or things that you'd like to clarify at this point
1: none that i remember right now but we're working on some rulings for uploading to netrunner db we just wanted to get this out in a quick fashion so people could have something to talk to or something to refer to for continental season
0: yeah yeah of course uh with APAC up this weekend um it's kind of crucial. I think we saw within within the org that we wanted to get this out early. Big shout to Tammy Joe for um, sort of pulling this all together and getting the article out. Uh, and big shout to all the other people behind the scenes that, that make these things happen quickly um, when kind of hands are raised. Uh, and a big thanks to yourself, uh, Sephirapod Wizard, for for jumping in at short notice to spend some time with me going over it all.
1: Yeah, we're basically just copying Tammy Joe's work here. <laughs> However, we do want to have a quick message for people going to Continentals. If you have one is, you can play in all three Continentals this year. The APAC and Europe and Africa are online. So as long as you can manage your sleep, you can attend all of those. The Americas is in person at... in. Bellevue, Washington in the United States. So that might be harder to attend, but you could go to all three. And also, if you have rules questions while you're at Continentals, call your judges. Your judges are here to help you answer these questions. Uh, just a reminder that we've got Continental
0: season starting. Uh, the Automata Initiative will be uh, will be legal for this weekend, APAC. Make sure you go. Uh, Big point to remember is that uh, you can enter all three uh, of the Continentals championships. Uh, Obviously, one's in person, the America's Continentals. The other two, your Eurasia, Africa's, and the APAC, Uh, you can enter both. They're both online. Um, More chances, the better. Uh, especially in this kind of turbulent period uh, of new cards and uh, people building decks and not quite sure where the meta's landed. Um, Big, big message as well. Obviously, with all these new rules, not everyone's going to be clear on them. There might be some confusion. If in doubt, call a judge. They're there to help you with these rulings. They'll be keyed up. They'll be able to communicate with each other, communicate with the rules team and they'll be able to help you out so call a judge big message from op there right that's it for me thank you so much for joining i hope that's been helpful to everyone uh quick reminder if you have any questions or suggestions you can reach out to us at podcast at nullsignal.games that's podcast at nullsignal.games uh thank you ever so much and have a lovely weekend enjoy continentals goodbye